This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope that this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. of God's Word, whatever that is, if it's an iPad, iPhone, whatever it is, if you'd stand. The Bible says this in Proverbs 18 and 10. This verse is just, it just jumped out at me. It says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and is safe. And I told you about that picture, that, that, that image that I just couldn't get out of my mind. It's it was from almost 20 years ago, people running from the twin towers. They're running from the tower collapsing. They're running from the tower. And then I look at Proverbs, and it says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And I, folks, I'm so grateful, no matter what we're running from, there's someone we can run to. Amen? No matter what we're running from, I am so grateful there is someone uh, that we can run to. And then Judges says this. It says, And Gideon built, built an altar there unto the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Shalom. Until this day, it is yet in Orphra, the Abbey's rites. I want to talk to you about the name of the Lord. The Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they're safe. So to experience that safety, you've got to understand the names of God, the many, many names of God. And one of the names of God is the name Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Shalom, which means God, our peace. God, our peace. I, I love the story about the little boy that goes down to the store and he says to the store owner, I want to get a box of Tide. He said, you want to get a box of Tide? He said, yes. He said, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give my cat a bath. He said, well, son, that's, that's neat. And, but he said, be careful. So he got a box of Tide and about a week later he came back and he said, uh, how's things with the cat? He said, the cat's dead. <laughs> store owner said, I, I knew it. I knew that detergent was going to get him. He said, no, no, it, it wasn't the detergent that got him. It was the spin cycle that got him, amen? <laughs> it was the spin cycle. And, and you know, folks, uh, in this world of unrest, boy, if we're not careful, it's the spin cycle that will get us. It's, it's the spin cycle. If, there, if there's ever been a time that we're in a spin cycle, we're in it right now. If, if, if there's ever been a time that uh, we're in a difficult, adverse time in, in our country, in our nation, in our world, it's, it's right now. Now, when I read this scripture about Judges 6 and 24, where, you know, the, as I've said to you, the name Jehovah, Jehovah comes from the Hebrew word Yahweh. Do you realize, folks, when the scribes would write the Old Testament, if they wrote the word Yahweh, the name was so sacred and holy, they would put the pen down and never use it again. That's how holy they saw God's name. So Yahweh translated Jehovah, which is used 6,823 times in the Bible, 
But one of the compound names of Jehovah is Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Shalom, which is used 170 times in the Bible, which means God, our peace. Now, here's what I want you to see. It's used right here. The Israelites were actually slaves to the Midianites for seven years. They were in bondage during this time. Now, they were eventually delivered. Gideon led them. You can read it in your Bible and took 300 men and, and defeated the Midianites. But they were in bondage right here. But I want you to see something. Gideon learned that God could be Jehovah Shalom. Gideon learned that God could be peace in his life no matter what was transpiring. And here's what I want you to see, folks. You can't determine what's going to happen to you. We just don't know. We just don't know. You can't determine what's going to happen to you. But you can determine what's going to happen in you. Because God is a God that gives us peace. There's, there's a verse that's a, it's a great verse. It's in John chapter 14. Look what it says. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. I want you to understand, folks, no matter what's happening in your life, God said, I've given you peace. No matter what's happening in your life, God said, I've given you peace, but let's read on. He said, it's not as the world giveth. Let me tell you something, folks. The peace that the world gives is fleeting. The peace that the world gives is fleeting. But God gives a peace not as the world gives. I thank God for the peace of God. I thank God that God gave it to me. God gave it to me and the world can't take it away. Amen? There's a peace that comes from God. And look, folks, this is so important. This gift that God gives us, this peace that's different from the world, because of it, you don't have to be troubled or afraid. By the way, isn't that great news? You don't have to be troubled, neither do you have to be afraid. He's Jehovah Shalom. He's that tower that when we run to, folks, when we run to, we can have safety. So I just want to challenge you. Whatever you're going through today, run to the Lord. Lean into God. Depend on God. He's the one that will see you through. Now, quickly, I want us to look at three different kinds of peace. First of all, it's the most important peace. It's spiritual peace. It's the most important peace. If you don't have this peace, nothing else really matters. You say, what are you talking about, spiritual peace? I'm talking about you've got to have peace with God. You've got to have peace with God. See, when God created you, he put a God-shaped box in your heart. Ecclesiastes says in Ecclesiastes 3 and 11, he put eternity in your heart. And you can search and you can go here and you can go there and you can try this and you can try that, but I want you to know something. You'll never find peace till you find a relationship with God. You can try to go out and do this, and I went out and I did that, and I wanted to go there. You won't have peace 
until you have a relationship with God. I love what Augustine said. Augustine said, Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord. Our heart is restless until we find rest in thee. You need to understand, God made you for himself, and your heart's going to be restless until you find rest in him. Everything else is going to leave you empty. It will pacify and satisfy for a small period of time, and then it will bring emptiness to your life. You say, well, pastor, this is wonderful. I, I, I want this spiritual peace. How can I have it? I'm glad you asked. Look what the Bible says in Romans 5 and 1. Therefore, being justified. You know what that word means? Look here. Justified means just like you had never sinned. Boy, wouldn't you like a do-over in a lot of ways of life? That's what justified means. It means just like you never sinned. You say, well, but it happened. No, but as far as God, God is concerned, it's just like it never happened. Because as far as God's concerned, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. That would make a backslid Methodist shout. It didn't happen. You're, you're justified just as if it didn't happen. Look. We have peace with God. Oh, you said, Pastor, that only gets better and better. But how do we do it? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. You said, Pastor, I want to be justified. You can be justified through accepting Jesus Christ. What are you saying? I'm saying Jesus went to the cross. He took every sin that you ever have committed, ever will commit, and it was taken to the cross. He nailed it to the cross so you could have peace with God, and all you've got to do is accept Jesus Christ. I'm talking about spiritual peace. That's peace with God. But there's a second, second phase. Not only spiritual peace, but emotional peace. That's the peace of God. The peace of God. <laughs> you say, well, because of people, because of my job, because of situations, because of circumstances, because of corona, because of what's happening, the racial divide in our country, because of all these things, I can't have peace. I, I'm disturbed because of this situation and that situation. No, no, no. You don't have peace, not because of what's happening. You don't have peace because of what you're telling yourself. You don't have, hey, wait, no, no, I, this is better preaching than I'm getting a response for. Listen, you don't have peace because of what you're telling yourself. You say, but you, but you don't understand, Brother Benny, I feel, I, I, I feel. Now, now, here's what I want you to see. Come up real close. What you feel may not be real. Because you feel a certain way doesn't mean it's right. Because you feel a certain way doesn't mean it's God. See, you can have peace in your life despite the circumstances. You say, Pastor, you know, let, let, let me tell you something. You can have peace despite the circumstances. Colossians 3 and 15 says this, and let the peace of God, notice not peace with God, 
That was point one, but I'm talking about the peace of God. Let the peace of God rule. Here's what God said. No matter what's happening in your life, folks, you can have the peace of God, and the peace of God can dominate whatever's happening in your life. You, let, let me tell you something. You can't determine what happens to you, but you can determine what happens in you. And despite situations, you can have the peace of God. You say, well, Pastor, boy, I've been waiting all my life to hear this. How can I, how can I have? How can I have the peace of God? Listen, I don't, I'm not interested in what Dr. Field says. I'm not interested in, uh, I'm not even, I'm not, hey, I got one better than that. I'm not even interested in what Dr. Tate says. I'm interested in what God says. I'm interested in what God says. And God tells us how we can have peace. He said, first of all, you've got to renew your thinking. See, I'm convinced a lot of people have got a drinking problem only because they've got a thinking problem. You, you've got to get your thinking right. Wait, wait. Proverbs 23 and 7, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So is he. You, we, we, we've got to renew. We've got to renew our thinking. Look, look what the Bible says in Romans 12 and 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What, what he's, he's saying, we've got to renew our minds. We've got to renew our minds with the Word of God. Look here, folks. The battle, the battle is from here up. The battle is from here up. It's the battlefield of the mind. As a man or woman thinketh in his heart, so are they. I want you to understand, your thinking is powerful. And let me tell you something. Stuff will come to you, and every time something comes to you, listen closely, because I'm not talking from the top of my head. I'm talking from the bottom of my heart. Every time something comes to you, this is the question you need to ask. Whose voice is that? That's worth the price of admission, by the way. Whose voice is that? You say, well, Pastor, what should, I want peace. I, I, I'll be honest with you, Brother Benny, I want peace. I want peace. I want peace. I really do. But, but how, can I, how can I get it? Look what Psalms 119 verse 165 says. Great peace have they which love the law. You want great peace? You've got to get the Word of God in your mind. You've got to get the Word of God. Hey, this, this ages me, but most people, the problem, the problem with the Word of God, it's years ago, it's kind of like Brill, Brill Cream. Does anybody remember Brill Cream other than Pastor? Yeah, Brill Cream. There used to be a commercial, and this was the Brill Cream commercial. A little dab will do you. And that's the problem with most people in the Word of God. A little dab would do you. But we need more than a little dab. We need the Word of God. You say, well, Pastor, look, I feel feeling doesn't matter. You say, well, I feel like I'm of no value. I'm of no value. But look what God said. 
He created you in his own image. You feel like you're of no value? You listen to me. God said you're of value because I created you in my image. I created you in, you, you tell me you're of no value when I'm telling you I created you in my image. Whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're red, whether you're rich, whether you're poor, whether you're educated, whether you're uneducated, whether you're a Democrat, whether you're a Republican, whether you're from the South, whether you're from the North, whether you're a Tennessee football fan or a Georgia football fan, it doesn't matter. I created you in my image. And not only did I create you in my image, but he said in Ephesians 2 and 10, of everything that I created, you're my masterpiece. You're the masterpiece. Every time you're the masterpiece. So when you say, I feel like I'm no value, I'm of no value. That's not what God's Word teaches. He said, well, I feel like that no one, no one loves me. Well, I want you to know something. That's also a lie because God loves you. Romans 5 and 8 says God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Let me, let me, let me say this, folks. And this, this, this right here would primarily be to women because this is, this is something that women battle. Preacher, I'm unattractive. I'm unattractive. I'm heavy. I'm slim. I'm a hold. I'm unattractive. I, I don't see myself as attractive. But you know what the Bible says? The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3 and 11 that God said you're beautiful. <laughs> and you know what the Bible says? It says, let God... Be true and every man a liar. God says, just like you are, you're beautiful. Just like you are, you're beautiful. Quit comparing yourself to somebody else. God said, just like you are. All this is good preaching. Just like you are, you are beautiful. Women, listen to me. I want you to understand. In God's eyes, you're a princess. In God's eyes, you're a princess. You say, am I Pastor Benny? Yes, yes. You're a princess not because you have a prince, but because your father is king. Because your father is king. There, there's a song I wish I could sing. I sing good, but I sound bad. But this song on the Christian charts, the Billboard Christian charts, 62 weeks stayed number one. I thought, my gosh, there's a reason why a song for 62 weeks would stay number one. And I thought, God, it stayed number one because people needed it. It stayed number one for 62 weeks on the Christian charts because people needed it. And Lauren Daigle sang that song that says, I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie tells me I will never measure up. 
Am I more than just a sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again just what I am because I need to know. You say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I am strong when I think I am weak. You say I am held when I am falling short. And when I don't belong, you say I am yours. And I believe, I believe what you say of me, I believe. <laughs> I'm saying, folks, you said, Pastor, I want emotional peace. You've got to renew your thinking. I read something neat this week about a guy named David Masarek. David Masarek, this guy lived in Michigan, and he bought a farm in Michigan, and he went out to that barn, and he found a stone out there. It was a black stone, and he started using it for a doorstop. And he had a good friend who was a, a professor at a local college came over, and he said, David, do you know what that stone is that you're using for a doorstop right there? David said, I don't have a clue. He said, that's a meteorite. He said, you're kidding it's not only a meteorite, David, it's worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. And David said, it will no longer be a doorstop. It will no longer be a doorstop. Let me, hey folks, look, look here, look what the Bible, look what the Bible says in Psalms 19 and 10. Psalms 19 and 10, more to be desired than gold, yea, than fine gold, sweeter than also the honey of a honeycomb. More to be desired than fine gold. You've got something that many of you are using for a doorstop. You've got something that many of you are just placing on the coffee table, but you need to get the Word of God off the coffee table, and you need to get the Word of God in you, and you need to renew your mind because you can experience emotional peace through renewing of your mind. Renew your thinking. Let me, let me tell you point number two, a relationship with the Holy Spirit. A relationship with the Holy Spirit. Pastors have been negligent. We've preached a lot about God. We've preached a lot about Jesus. But we hadn't preached about the Holy Spirit like we should have. And let me tell you, God's, God's on the throne and Jesus is, is at his right hand. But it's the Holy Spirit that's here with us. And I want you to know something. You need a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You, need, you say, Pastor, why do, I why do I desperately need a relationship with the Holy Spirit? Because look what Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, fullness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. How many of you could use some of that in your life? It comes through the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm working right now with a lady, and I'm writing a book called Defy the Odds. I went deep inside of me, told things that I've never told before, I've never told publicly. And as we're writing this book, you pray about it. I thought about something. When I was a little boy, I thought about a word I never used. I never used the word daddy. I never used it because I never had a daddy. And I would see kids. I'd see kids and they'd say, daddy, daddy. And I thought I'd sure like to have a daddy. I'd sure like to use that word. And let me say this today. 
Men, you'll never understand how important you are in your children's lives. Dad, listen to me. You may believe this, you may not believe, but your relationship with that girl is the most important relationship she'll ever have. Your relationship with that young girl is so important. Your relationship with that son is so important. Dad, don't neglect that girl. I don't know who I'm speaking to, but I'm speaking to somebody today. Don't neglect that girl. Don't let anything or anybody cause you to neglect that girl. That girl needs you. That girl needs you. I don't know who I'm speaking to, but I'm speaking from the bottom of my heart. That girl needs you. She needs you. She well, I, I'm going to be her best friend. She don't need you to be her best friend. She needs you to be her daddy. Quit trying to be Joe Cool and be a daddy. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I know I'm preaching to somebody. I'd get off in the corner. Nobody knew. I didn't have a daddy, and I'd get off in the corner, and I'd say, Daddy, I just wanted to say the words, even though I didn't have one. And you said, Pastor, why did, why did you tell us that story? Because James chapter 4 says this. Do you think that the Scripture saith in vain that the Spirit dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? You know what the Holy Spirit does? He looks at us, and he lusts. He says, I'd love to have a relationship with them. They're so into this. She's so into him. He's so into her. They're so into that. They're so into that. They're so into this. I'd sure love to have a relationship with them. That's the book, folks. The Holy Spirit said, I just love to have a relationship with her. I just, I just love to have a relationship with him. And why wouldn't we want it, folks? Because a relationship with the Holy Spirit leads to love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. You say, Pastor, wait. I, I, I want, I want spiritual peace. That comes through accepting Jesus Christ. I want emotional peace. That comes through renewing your thinking and a relationship with the Holy Spirit. But lastly, I want relational peace. I want relational peace. Now, let me say this, folks, and I'm, I'm just about done. This is so broad. The advantage frogs have over us, they can eat whatever bugs them. Amen? This is so broad. But I'm going to make three statements. I'm done on relational peace. Statement number one, being right with God is more important than being right. See, I've learned a lot of people had rather be right as be Christian. They'd rather be right as be Christian. But let me tell you something. Being right with God is more important than being right. You say, well, I want to argue my point. I want to prove my point. I want to settle all this. Listen to me closely. Being right with God is more important than being right because at the end of the day, he's the one ultimately that we're going to give an account to. And if you please God, it doesn't matter who you don't please. But if you don't please God, it doesn't matter who you do please. 
Being right with God is more important than being right. And let me tell you something. Sometimes being right with God will mean walking away. Sometimes being right with God will mean not saying what you really want to say. Let me tell you the second thing. All of us have feet of clay. All of us have feet of clay. See, the problem is uh, many times we see the fact that we have feet of clay, but we don't see the fact that other people have feet of clay. Years ago, we had a singer here named Mark Lowry. He's kind of a singer-comedian. He's a good man. He made a statement. He made it right here on this platform. This was a statement. He said, why don't you hate your sin and I'll hate my sin but we love one another. Why don't you hate your sin and I'll hate my sin but we love one another. Let me tell you the third statement and I'm done. Our responsibility has nothing to do with their response. Your responsibility and my responsibility to do what's right has nothing to do with people's response. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 and 24, look, therefore if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest thy brother hath an alt with thee, with thee, leave thy gift before the altar, go thy way, first be reconciled unto thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. It's always our place to do what's right. And our responsibility has nothing to do with their response. You say, Pastor, I can't reconcile with them. You may not. But you've got to live with yourself. And you've got to know whether or not you tried. Because our responsibility has nothing to do with it. Hey, you said, well, Pastor Benny, uh, they didn't ask me to forgive them. Let me tell you something, folks. Jesus offered us forgiveness a long time before we asked for it. Jesus offered us forgiveness a long time. See, our responsibility has nothing to do with their response. I close with this story. I finished reading a book this week by a guy, a man named Craig Groeschel called Dangerous Prayers. Dangerous Prayers. It's a, it's a good little book. It's an easy read. It's a good little book. Easy read. And uh, he told about when he started church. His church is in Oklahoma. It's called Life Church, and it may be the largest church. Uh, it may be the largest church in the world. It's in tons of locations. But he said when he started that church, there was a man who was working at another church, and he quit that church just to come and help him. He said, he just came to help me. And he said, but something happened. He said, that guy made a bad decision. He betrayed my trust. He hurt me as deep as I've ever been hurt. And we set up a meeting. And he said, the meeting got real intense. It got so intense, he stormed out. He said, I got to be honest with you. He said a lot of things to me he shouldn't have said. Craig Groeschel said, I said a lot of things to him 
that I should not have said. And then he said, two weeks later, this man quit coming to church. He said, I preached a sermon. This was the title of the sermon. Loving those that you don't like. Loving those that you don't like. Let me tell you something, folks. No matter what the situation, we should love people. We should love people. See, I'm, I'm probably too elementary, but everything that's going on in America is not a head problem. It's a heart problem. It's a spiritual problem. And when we get our hearts right with God, we can't do the things that's happening. We can't do those things. We can't, we can't do those things. It's a right and wrong issue. It's a right and wrong issue. And I've been praying about all the wrong and injustice. He said that uh, I preached that message, loving those you don't like. And he said, I went home. And he said, I told my wife, tonight I'm going to call him. Tonight I'm going to call him. And he said, I went to the phone, and he said, back, that was when we had answering machines. Now, some of you can't remember what an answering machine was, but it had a little light that would blink. And he said, before I called, I hit play on the answering machine. And his wife was crying, and she called his name and said he ended his life. He ended his life. Craig said, I wish I'd responded sooner. I wish I'd responded sooner. You can't determine people's response, but we can control our responsibility. God wants us to have spiritual peace. It's through Jesus Christ. God wants us to have emotional peace, and you can have it. And God wants us to have relational peace. And that's simply doing what we need to do and leaving the results to God. Friend, I trust the message today has spoken to your heart. And if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, I want to challenge you to do that today. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And I've often said it's as simple as ABC. A stands for acknowledge. You've got to acknowledge that you're a sinner. B stands for believe. You've got to believe that Christ and His blood was shed on the cross for your sin. And then C, you simply must confess your sins to Him. I want to encourage you right now to repeat a simple prayer with me. I'll pray the prayer. You repeat it with me if you'd like to accept Christ as your personal Savior. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm so sorry I want to change. I believe that you died for my sin. And I confess my sin to you right now. Come into my heart, Lord, and forgive me of all my sin. Now thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you for coming in to my life. Amen. Friend, congratulations on the greatest decision that you'll ever make. And I want you to know 
This decision is not based on how you feel right now. Because God's not a feeling. He's a fact. This decision is based on the fact that you have done what God's Word says you must do to have eternal life. So congratulations on the greatest decision you'll ever make. And thank you for being with us today. God bless you, and we'll see you soon.